It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hi, this is Andy. I have a special offer for loyal listeners of Accelerate. It's a no-obligation, free trial of my zero-time selling interactive online training. Now, I've worked with thousands of sales reps to teach them how to use my zero-time selling to boost their productivity and transform the results. And so if you want to learn the same proven strategies to help you open more doors, have more effective sales conversations with prospects, and close more orders, then my zero-time selling interactive training system is a fit for you. It's incredibly simple to start. Just take out your smartphone and text the word TRUST, that's T-R-U-S-T, to 96000. Now, do you have your phone ready? You're going to text us, send a text to 96000. That's a nine and a six followed by three zeros. Now, enter the single word message TRUST and hit send, and you hear right back from me with instructions on how to sign up for your free trial on my zero-time selling interactive training. I look forward to seeing you there. Hello and welcome to Accelerate, and I'm amped up to talk with my guest today. Joining me again is Jeb Blunt, best-selling sales author. Make sure you pick up his book, Fanatical Prospecting, speaker, consultant, as well as founder and CEO of SalesGravy.com, one of the largest online sales communities, as well as, uh, oh my gosh, I always, you have to help me with the words, Jeb, I always fail trying to decide, describe the, the job uh, recruiting function that you guys do. Well, SalesGravy is a sales acceleration firm, so we really take a holistic approach to helping companies improve their sales performance, uh, starting with getting, helping them get better talent, helping them onboard and train the talent, and then helping them retain that talent, and then helping them develop you know, strategies from how they go to market, how they prospect, sales skills, training, and ultimately how you retain the best people through better compensation plans and through programs that allow them to have a career path. Taking over the world. Taking over the world. Excellent. One salesperson at a time. So I asked Jeb to come back on the show for this week's special sales kickoff series of episodes. And we're going to talk about what you need to do, sort of look back at 2015, assess where you stood, maybe what you could do better, and how do you put that into play and into, into plan and action for 2016. So Jeb, welcome back. Thank you. I'm, I'm really glad to be back with you. So it seems like here the year just ended and already the pressure's on to hit January's numbers. So when do sales reps get a chance to reflect on what happened last year and, and plan what they need to do to improve or do something different this year? Well, my hope is, considering that now is January, that they took the last part of December to sit down, reassess where they, where they came from, or take a look back at where they came from, assess where they want to go. It's one of the things that I do in my business is typically I take the last two weeks of December off and, and really sit down and think. And if you haven't done that, what I would suggest you do is grab a weekend or grab an evening, take your cell phone, put it someplace else, take your computer, put it someplace else, get a piece of paper and a, and a, and a pen, and just sit down in silence and think. And you may have to do this a couple of times. And what's, what's funny is because in our current world where we have so many things hitting us all at one time and, and our attention span is that of a gnat, um, it's, it may take you a little time just to sit in silence and take some time to reflect. But as you do that, what will happen is you'll start taking a really more honest look at where you came from 
and you'll take an honest look at where you want to go. What, what do you desire to achieve? What do you want to accomplish? And you can begin putting that together in a plan that will help you, you know, move forward. But I, I don't know another way of doing it other than to turn everything off and just grab some time by yourself. And if you haven't done that, you need to go ahead and do that. Yeah, there's, you can't delay on that. You can't get into February and not have a plan for 2016, which is oftentimes the case, though, right? I mean, January gets away from people. Maybe they spent the last two weeks of December busily trying to close out the year, and, and suddenly they're a quarter of the way into the year, and they really don't even know what their plan is. That, that's true, and, and sadly, there's a lot of people listening to this podcast now that what I'm going to say is going to hurt your feelings, and the reality is, is that January, this, this first quarter that you're in, January, February, these two months, the, the work that you should have done to get these two months kicked off right should have happened in October and November. So if you think about most business-to-business -business sales cycles, we call it the 30-day rule, but whatever you do in this particular 30 days tends to impact you over the next 90 days. So if right now you weren't focused on building your pipeline in October and November, you're probably a little bit behind the eight ball. And that's why, by the way, a lot of companies find that January is a really bad month for them because the salespeople took December off effectively and didn't put anything to the pipe, and now they're scrambling to make March work. So one thing is if you are behind that eight ball, if you, if you don't have a full pipeline, if you are chasing deals that are probably not going to close because they were deals that pushed you off during the holidays, then my suggestion is right now, while you reflect on where you want to go, um, get on the phone, get on email, get on social media, get in networking events, do whatever you have to do. But you probably need to spend a lot of your time getting that pipeline full so that you don't end up losing most of this quarter in the process. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I see too is oftentimes with reps, because they don't take this time to reflect, is it's not just, you know, hey, it's easy for them to say, gosh, I want to make more cold calls or I want to you know, do XYZ, more of XYZ, but it seems harder for them to reflect on sort of the soft skills, you know, my questioning skills, my ability to listen, be in the moment. You know, how do, how do reps, and that oftentimes because have the biggest impact, right, on the results. So how do they, how do, what's your recommendation for how they assess what they need to improve, uh, not just in, like I said, sort of the typical sales skills, but in sort of the softer skills that really have such a big influence on their success? Well, you know, salespeople are a lot like professional golfers, and you've heard me say this before, I believe that sales professionals are the elite athletes in the business world. And the one thing that every elite athlete has, and I, I pick golfers out because it's a great analogy, but every elite athlete has a coach. And if you just think about the best golfers in the world, uh, I go to the Masters every year, and when I go out, out to the Masters, I always like to go to the driving range. And when you go to the practice range, there's a, a golfer there, like a Phil Mickelson or a Rory McIlroy, and next to them stands a coach. And the reason the coach is there is because the coach is watching them and watching their, their, their swing because even these elite athletes need a coach. They, they can't change what they can't see. And so, so often for a sales professional, when you start reflecting on these soft skills, you're so close to it that you can't actually see the things that you need to change. So one of the things that I would suggest in the new year as we move forward is find a coach, whether it's your sales manager, whether it's a peer, whether it's someone else who you can bring into your world that can observe you in practice while you're practicing the profession of sales and give you feedback. And, and maybe one of the resolutions, if we'll, we we'll use that word, but one of the commitments that you make in 2016 is that A, you'll be more coachable and B, you'll bring people along to help you improve. That takes a lot of courage though, Andy, because if you think about this, the process of being coached, especially 
if you feel like what you're doing is already good, it, re it requires you to put your guard down and perhaps to get a little bit hurt because you're going to have people providing some criticism and some feedback on the way that you go about your profession. So it's a, that's a tough ask, though, too. I mean, if your manager is not necessarily providing you the coaching you want and you don't have a peer, so where, do you, where do you look at that point? Well, you know, the, we were talking before the show about how you learned early in your career about investing in yourself. So if, you're, if you don't have someone to coach you, and I've been fortunate, by the way. I've always had someone to coach me. Uh, if you don't, then there are lots of resources that you can use. But let's, let's go back to coaching before we talk about other resources. The one, one thing that I've noticed, we, I work with a lot of companies, a lot of large companies on, you know, on things like um, you know, uh, mentoring and, uh, and communication. And we work with a lot of millennials and we work with a lot of Gen Xers and boomers and how to work together, one being a mentor, one being a mentee. And we find can very consistently that there's a lot of folks out there that just don't ask for help. So it starts with you. If you, if you may, you, in fact, you probably have a lot of people around you that want to help you and that will help you. Because the one thing I know about coaches is coaches love to coach. If you don't ask for help, if you don't reach out, no one is going to help you. So you have to raise your hand and you have to find people. You have to realize that there may be several people around you that are willing to coach you that have different skill sets or different mindsets that can, that can change or help you change. Now, if you just don't have anybody, and to me it's doubtful that there's nobody, but if you have nobody, then you have to take investing in yourself into your own hands. Part of that is reading. Uh, part of that is looking at books and blogs and podcasts. There's just tons of great podcasts like this one uh, on iTunes. You've, you've got to go invest in training. You've got to buy online. There's tons of online training. You need to go to seminars. I, was just, I just did a seminar in Washington, D.C. We had you know, several hundred people show up there. And these are all people who paid and flew in to invest in themselves. You've, you've got to reach out and find resources to help you get better. And if you make one resolve in, in 2016, if, if there's only one thing that you do, it is invest in yourself. Read 15 minutes a day. When you get in your car, don't listen to talk radio. Don't listen to ESPN. Listen to a podcast. Listen to an audio book. Uh, you know, make, make a commitment to attend a, a seminar on sales skills in your profession at least once a quarter and pay for it out of your pocket. There's tons of free webinars and paid webinars. There's tons of online sales training. We provide that as well. You provide that. So all of these things that are out there make a commitment to set aside the time daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly for investing in yourself. Um, and if you do that in conjunction with raising your hand and finding a coach, as a sales professional, you just can't lose. And I promise you, uh, in fact, I'll guarantee you that if you do this, you make these commitments, that, that you will uh, improve your income a minimum of 20%. And many of the people listening to this podcast will double their income in 2016 just by taking that simple step. Oh, I agree. And I've written before, and I, I firmly believe that a sales rep should spend an amount equal to at least 5% of their income on their own professional development. I mean, is that, what's that figure sound like to you? I, I think that's, I think that's um, a great figure. I mean, if you figure that if you're a, a B2B rep and you're making $100,000, that's you know, $5,000 on your, on your professional development. And I would suggest maybe it should be a little bit higher than that. 
I mean, I think a rep should be spending between $5,000 and $10,000 a year on their professional development. I, I buy at least $5,000 worth of books every year. I'm <laughs> sure I do as well. What's on the Kindle statement or what's on my Amex <laughs> statement? It's, my, every, it's Amazon, 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 Amazon. Yeah. It's, you know, and I, you know, it's read, 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 read. And the, this is, you know, I, I sometimes feel like I'm a broken record and I know that you do too, but gosh, you know, every, every philosopher, every great mind, every successful person tells you the same exact thing. The more you read, the better you get. And and I think inside of that, I would say one more thing, you know, from the, from the coaching and, uh, and self-development piece is what I would do right now, if you were a sales professional, is I would take stock of the people that you're hanging out with in your company. Look at your friends. Look at your peers. Who are they? What are they about? What's their message? Because you, you will become the aggregate of the people that you hang around with. And if you want to improve in 2016 – both your skills and your attitude. Um, and I do truly believe that self-mastery, the ability to manage your own emotions, especially the disruptive emotions that get in the way of sales, I believe that has more impact on your, your success than just about anything else you do. And by the way, investing in yourself helps build that, that better mindset. But if you're hanging around with people that are, that are either holding you back, tearing that mindset down, or are not advancing and not investing in themselves, you're likely to regress and not invest in yourself as well. So you want to hang around, spend time with people who are constantly challenging you to get better and with whom in a lot of cases you compete with to get better. Those people will help you improve not only your income but your success overall in your life. Yeah, I mean it would be great if, if companies provided everything you needed in the way of training and skill development, professional development. As you said, a really important point is, you know, how do you manage your emotions in the in the course of a sales situation, which, you know, has a huge impact on your ability to succeed. But, you know, companies can't provide that all. So you need to do this yourself. You know, you need to take the step and say, yeah, if it's 5000 or $10,000 a year, it's not money that there's earning no return on. I mean, if you're spending that money and you can't justify it by seeing an improvement, then, you know, that's a different issue we got to talk about. But you're investing it to get a return. That's exactly right. And, the, and when we talk about return, you know, this is, this is in a lot of cases, you are not going to get an immediate return. You're going to get a return down the road. Here's an example. You know, my craft is teaching salespeople keynote speeches this weekend i gave a keynote speech to a large crowd and it was it was a non-traditional group it was a group of people that i don't normally talk to it was a non-profit and i had invested in some uh some training and there was a, just a little analogy in that training that i'd forgotten all about and i was trying to put some things together so i could deliver a really powerful message to this group and I remembered this story from this training. Now, I didn't use the story, but I took the lesson from the story, created an analogy that fit this group. And because I had invested in myself, because I had paid for that, I ended up delivering a speech that the, the, the person who hired me said, you know, you made the event. And it was this single message that I was able to pull out of something that was unrelated that helped me do that. And I find that all the time. I find that through reading and I find that through attending seminars, meeting people, having working in mastermind groups, all of those things. I find that the dots get connected in really strange, weird ways that may not all, you know, always be a one-to-one -one relationship. I do this and then therefore this gets better. 
It's just that your thought process gets better. And for salespeople, a lot of times you're sitting in front of a client, you're asking questions, they have a problem, and you're trying to to show them how to, to solve something, or you're looking for the right question that will provoke self-awareness that the problem exists. And something that you read or learned in the past comes to the fore, and all of a sudden, things start coming out of your mouth, or you know, you, you start putting things together that your brain almost goes, wow, I can't, where did that come from? Exactly. And, Suddenly, and that makes sense. That's exactly right. So I think that, I think that it's, for me, it's just some of it's just faith. If you if you're always investing in yourself, you get better. It, if you always invest in yourself, you become more well, more well rounded. If you invest in yourself, your attitude improves. If you invest in yourself, you become more confident. If you invest in yourself, you become a better friend or or wife or husband or partner uh, or parent. Well, which is a whole other uh, avenue for assessing. You know, perhaps some things you need to improve on. Is I'm a firm believer that. You know who you are in your regular life is who you are in your sales life, and if you're having problems communicating in your family life and your home life, then chances are you have those same issues in sales. That's exactly right. So That's asking your family that you could, you know, people you can trust to give you some honest feedback, you know, in a, in a safe way, so you don't take offense at it, is not a bad place to start. It's it's. Uh... Um, I'm, I'm married to a woman who has no problem giving me feedback. When, when <laughs> me too. <laughs> but she's been, you know, she's been instrumental. I mean, there have been there have been some pretty low times in my life, that, you know, as a sales professional, where you know I maybe was having a bad quarter or a bad month, and things weren't you know coming through, and you know I was you know moaning or whining about it, or you know the things that salespeople do going negative, and I've had her, you know, on a number of occasions give me a you know, a swift kick in the rear end and help me, you know, get connected for my, what my purpose was like, you know, we're not going to pay the mortgage if you don't go sell something. So yet, you know, it's time for you to, to change your attitude. And it's good to surround yourself with people like that, who you can have those conversations with. We run a pretty big business these days. And, um, and she's still that type of a confidant where I can sit down and say, we we're, we're, we were having a, a, a problem this morning with, you know, how do we, you know, we've got so many inbound leads, how do we handle all these inbound leads and make sure that we're not leaving opportunity on the table. And I was able to sit down with her and she has a different perspective on it than I do. And you've got to be able to develop people around there. But, you know, one of the things, Andy, I see is, and it's something that really bothers me, is I see so many salespeople who are angry. And yeah, I'm, I'm trying to explain that this they're angry and they're negative and they are um, they are I, they already know everything. How can I learn everything? I had a rep come to one of my trainings last week. I did eight workshops last week, and one of the reps came in and said, "I you know I was so mad I didn't even want to be here because I already know all this." And at the end, she changed her tune and said, "I'm really glad I came. This was fantastic. I learned something new." But can you imagine walking into the door? With that particular attitude, I already know everything. I'm, I'm, and and just the angry and the negativity and everything is against me. And you know, I just, I think that that's if you if you look back on your world and you say I'm mad, and you said this right, if you're mad and you're angry in your professional life, I know that you're taking that home. Yeah. And that's a really awful way to live. Yeah, and I think well, we're gonna take a short break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about this because I I have a. A, not necessarily a theory, I have a belief about why that is, and I'm sure we can talk about ways people can start addressing this. So stay with us after the break. We're going to come back and talk why salespeople are 
or maybe angry, as Jeb Blunt, Jeb Blunt brought up, excuse me, as I trip over my tongue here, and we'll be back in just a minute. Hi, this is Andy. Connect and Sell is used by sales reps at nearly a thousand companies, including hundreds of technology startups and several Fortune 500 companies, to overcome the challenges of getting prospects on the phone. Companies using Connect and Sell grow their revenues faster by enabling their sales reps to have more sales conversations in 90 minutes than they could otherwise achieve in an entire week. Connect and Sell can be deployed directly to your sales reps, or you can take advantage of their outbound on-demand service, which delivers qualified prospect meetings scheduled directly on your sales reps' calendars. Visit connectandsell.com to learn more about how Connect and Sell can start filling your pipeline today. Welcome back. My guest today, Jeb Blunt, best-selling sales author, consultant, coach, trainer. Find him online at salesgravy.com. So before the break, we were talking about you know, how you act in your personal life affects how you act in your sales life. Jeb was talking about how he sees more salespeople these days who he says are angry, right? Yeah. And and one of the things that I think that this is, is this is, to me, this is fear manifesting itself. You know, that people are just afraid. You know, they're uncertain. Maybe they're un, lacking confidence. And when you're lacking confidence, then you're suddenly afraid to put yourself in those situations you need to put yourself in all the time to sell. And... People, I think one of the ways people can start addressing this is you sit down and say, okay, well, what am I afraid of? Right? Am I afraid that I'm not going to perform well and I'm going to lose my job? Am I afraid that I don't, you know, haven't put the work in that needs to be put in and why why didn't I do that? It seems like we got to identify what these fears are and then you have to address them head on. Yeah, you know, and I think that the if you think about it, so many salespeople are afraid of the wrong things. You know, That's so- a great point, great point. You know, they're afraid that they're going to lose their job and that drives them, you know, to be angry or, um, you know, they're afraid to do the hard work of sales or they're afraid of what might happen if they lose their job. I see that all the time. You know, I'm afraid of, you know, I might not be able to pay my mortgage or I might not be able to do this. That's the wrong thing to be afraid of. And you've got to start thinking about um, I should be, you know, afraid of not giving my best. I should be afraid of not being wise enough to always be a beginner. I should be afraid of, you know, not having time to come back and and build a better me. And the, I think that you know when you when you think about this whole fear thing, it uh, it comes down to a couple of things that I've I've learned along the way. It's a disruptive emotion. I've I've, I've noticed that the very best salespeople. The very best ones, the ones that year in and year out are top performers and who live extraordinary lives, they have a couple of core beliefs. And one of those core beliefs is that they believe that they are supposed to succeed. They believe that. They, they, they wake up every day and believe they're supposed to win. And that doesn't mean that they don't lose because they lose deals and they have at, you know, adversity and they have setbacks, but they believe it at the core. Um, and the second thing they believe is that they believe that everything happens for a reason. So when something bad happens and bad happens, bad things happen to you, me, and they're going to happen to everybody in your audience, they say, I'm supposed to learn from this. So the angry salespeople that I run into, they have that woe is me attitude. Bad things have happened. They failed. They've had a problem. They've had an issue. And they look back on it and say, why do these things keep happening to me? And the, these extraordinarily successful people say a bad thing happened and a new door is open, a new window is open, but I'm supposed to learn from this. So they believe, A, I'm supposed to succeed. 
They walk into every situation with the confidence that they're supposed to win and be that everything in their world happens to teach them something. And I think that if I'm a salesperson and I'm looking at 2016, how do I incorporate that in my life? How do I help myself you know, take those two beliefs and on the inside and manifest that on, on my outside? And what is, what's the answer? So how, how do you do that? I mean, yeah, that's I know. the question, that's right? That's the question, right? <laughs> well, I thought you so, had the answer. Well I, well, I do. I think that the answer is we go back to what we were talking about before. Right? Those attitudes are built. This, the belief that I'm supposed to win is basically a core part of emotional intelligence. It's self-motivation. And the one thing we know about emotional intelligence is it's something that you can improve. You can grow that. You can build that. And the belief that you're going to, you're supposed to win begins with building your confidence. The more you know, the more you grow, the more confident you become. It's, it's, a, it's a core mindset. The belief that everything happens for a reason begins with a foundation of gratitude. And the one thing that I know about people who are angry is that people who are angry are most often people who are entitled. And as human beings, we have a hard time managing our, our, our core insights, our, our, the, the thing that makes us a good person when we're entitled. And gratitude is the opposite of entitlement. You cannot have gratitude and entitlement living together in the same place. So if, if you say, okay, what, what do I need to do? What's the answer looking forward in 2016? It begins with taking an assessment of all of the great things that happened to you in your life. Look, look back at 2015, and instead of looking at all the things that you failed at, look at all the things that you succeeded at. Look at all of the great lessons you learned. Look at everything that um, you were taught through, um, through both winning things, through both achievement, and through adversity. And sit down and be thankful for those things. And, and as, you, as you look at yourself in, in the mirror and you express gratitude for all of those things, you'll notice that all the anger, the frustration, um, the anxiety, the stress, it tends to go away because all of those things cannot exist where gratitude is. And if you're grateful, then you'll begin to seek out the answers for how you can, how you can invest this great gift you've been given to be a sales professional so, so that you can achieve your very best because you're supposed to win. And I know that sounds really sort of Zen or I don't know exactly what it sounds, kumbaya <laughs> Very spiritual, yes. But I couldn't tell you more truth than that. Well, I, I, I know that to be true. Again, if I go and look at the, the most successful people, they're incredibly grateful. In fact, you say, why are you successful? And they'll say, because I had someone in my life that helped me. Because I did this or because I, I, I ran into this problem. You, you talk to great leaders. Why are you such a great leader? I am so grateful I had the worst boss that I ever had in my life who made my life absolutely miserable and almost destroyed me. And because I had that experience, I am who I am today. That's gratitude. Yeah, and I think I mean, you talked several things that came out. One is, you know, you said the more you know, the more the more you grow, the more you know, the more you grow, right? Yes. Which, I mean, the pearl of wisdom that we've talked about sort of repeatedly during this episode, but it's so easy to learn more about sales. You talk about spend 20 minutes a day to read a book. You know, if you do the math, uh, and I heard a talk by a gentleman named Tim Wackel. I don't know if you know Tim, yep. where he has this 30-20-10 principle. You know, if you work out and keep yourself fit for 30 minutes a day, but you're going to feel good about yourself doing that, you read for 20 minutes a day, 
And, you know, over the course of a year, he calculates you'll read like 20 books, right? So think about today. If you read 20 books on sales that you hadn't read before, how much more you're going to know 12 months from now? It's unbelievable how much more you're going to know. And then you spend 10 minutes a day reflecting on what you read, right? What are the lessons you, you took out of that? So you, you start internalizing it. That's very powerful. Just think how much you would grow in the course of a year as a sales professional if you read 20 books or 12 books even, right? I mean, unbelievable. And if you felt better about yourself physically because how you'd kept yourself fit, that all starts playing into what you were talking about. Well, well, let's just think about this in terms of, of the people that you're competing with. The, if I, I stand in front of sales groups every day, so over the course of a year, I'll, you know, I'll touch somewhere around 20,000 to 25,000 people. And I always ask, you know, tell me, everybody raise your hand if you've read more than five books this year. Almost no hands go up. I'll go down all the way down to one. A handful of people have read one book that were good for themselves over the course of a year. What a lot of people don't realize is that the average Fortune 500 CEO reads somewhere between 20 and 25 books a year. Think about that. So the, the wealthiest, most highly paid, compensated people in our society, the superstars of the superstars, are reading around 22, 23 books a year. And these are people that are very busy. Yep. And I'll, I'll even, you know, Tim's number, you know, read 20 books a year. Actually, if you read 15 minutes a day, the average business book is, takes about three hours to read. So 20 minutes a day, you ought to be reading about 25 books a year. Yep. So because and that just, take, you know, you can read Harry Potter on the weekends if you want to. But, you know, during the weekday, you just take, take that time. And that was some advice I got early on in my career from Brian Tracy and read 15 minutes a day. He said, you double your income. And I took him up on his advice, and you know I was 26 years old, and this was back in the you know the mid 90s, and I I was cashing you know $200,000 plus commission checks, and I credit the advice that I that I took from listening to Brian Tracy with the success that I had because I took him up on the, his admonition that if you read 15 to 20 minutes a day. That your income will rise, and, and along with it, your will your along with it, your success. Right, and then the the fear starts to diminish because what happens is when you start gaining this knowledge, you know, part of that fear, I really firmly believe with salespeople, it's sort of this fear of missing out because they're not growing, so they see the good opportunities, the good accounts, the successes going to other people, mm -hmm. and they're like, well, I could do that, but they're not, right? What are they missing out? Well, they're not investing in themselves in the same way. But that goes back to entitlement as well. They look at the people that are succeeding and they say, I should be able to get that. But they're not willing to pay for that success in advance. Right. And this, this is the law of congruence. The law of congruence simply says that for everything that you want to achieve, there's a price you have to pay. And if you're unwilling to pay that price and you're willing to be envious of that, then that is entitlement. And... If you are entitled, you will never succeed. So that goes back to gratitude, right? Gratitude says, I've been given this talent, this opportunity. I have to, I have to use it for its greatest good. And if you're in sales and that's your, that's your, your path, then you have to, to, you know, if you want to succeed, you have to decide, I'm going to use it for its greatest good. But if we go back to, you know, my core belief that sales professionals are the elite athletes of the business world, Elite athletes practice and practice and practice and practice and hone their craft so that when they're in the game, they don't have to think about it. 
They just do it. Muscle memory. So, muscle memory. So we go back to if you want to be successful in 2016, you have to pay for it in advance. The, the success that you want must be congruent with the, the, the price that you're willing to pay. And I'll, I'll, I'm going to step out on a, on a limb, and this may sound a little bit arrogant, but listen to, to, to Andy and I. We've been doing this for years. Both of us have been unbelievably successful in, you know, in, our, in our careers, in our lives, in our businesses. Um, and we, we've been there and done that. If you're 25 years old or 26 years old or 35 years old, listen to what we're telling you. It sounds simple. You can walk away and say, and say oh, reading books or investing yourself or all that other stuff. I don't have to do it. But we know the truth. The truth is simple. It's, it's what we call the paradox of the basics. It's so obvious what you have to do in order to be successful in sales that it's become impossibly invisible. Go invest in yourself. And I promise you, and Andy, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but I, I, but I believe that you would say the same thing. Oh, yeah. That just promise guarantee that you will have the best 2016 that you've ever had. Absolutely. Absolutely. If someone invests that time, as we talked about, 15 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, read, go to a webinar, you know, go to a seminar as you talked about, invest you know, weekly, monthly, quarterly, you're going to make more money. You're going to make more sales. You're going to be happier. You're going to be more confident. And as you said, you can guarantee it. Absolutely. All right, so I've, I've got some, we're going to end up here in the last segment. You know, the first time you came on the show, I had some rapid-fire questions for you. So I've got some new questions for you, sort of apropos of the topic we're talking about here today. So you ready? Okay. All right. So if you've got a new salesperson on coming on board at the start of 2016, what's the one most important thing you'd advise them to focus on in terms of improving? Prospecting. If I have a brand new salesperson, the most important thing they can do is spend time in front of customers. So they need to get on the telephone, email, whatever channel they're using to prospect. They need to go spend time in front of prospects. I just had this conversation um, with a sales leader this weekend. And, and this is the reality. What most, what most sales leaders are going to do with a brand new salesperson is they want to teach them product knowledge. They want to teach them all about the systems and processes. But none of that matters if they're not standing in front of customers. Because if they're standing in front of a prospect or a customer and they have an opportunity, they're going to bring it back to you and you're going to teach them how to apply product knowledge systems and processes in a real environment. They're going to learn better from experience than they will anything else that they do. So if you're a brand new salesperson and you want to learn fast, get, get on the telephone, get on email, get on social media, go to trade shows, get on text messaging, do or, whatever you have to do or heaven, get out in front of prospects. Right. Or heaven forbid, do what I did start my career. Get in the car, go out to a business park, park the car, and make cold calls all day long. And go knock on doors. Go whatever, knock on how, doors. Whatever, whatever you have to do, do that. You will, you will, you will improve faster than, than all of the people that are waiting around so that they can know it all before they go stand in front of a prospect. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I laugh when people talk about you know getting past gatekeepers or on the phone. And I think back to when I got started as you know, you'd walk in the door of a business, and there could be, I mean. I'm, you know, I was 21 years old. I probably looked 15. And, you know, there's some 50-year-old woman sitting there looking very sternly at me. That was a gatekeeper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the phone. Those, that's, those that's, the, that's, those, that's not a gatekeeper. Those are the days when you'd walk up on the back dock of a, of a, you know, of a location or a, a company and you'd, you'd, you'd go in there and act like you didn't know where, where you were. You were lost. And 
start calling out names and titles until someone said, oh, yeah, that's, that's Andy. You need to go see Andy. Oh, okay, cool. Could you introduce me with Andy? I so, never did that. That's, I should have done that. That's a great tactic. Oh, I used to do that all the time. I used to, I would get lost in buildings. And as long as there wasn't a security guard there, you get lost and you just start, they would go, You're, are you talking about Steve? Oh, yeah, Steve. And they'd walk you into Steve's office. See? Great suggestion. You could use that on the phone even. So Absolutely. All right, next question. <clears throat> Same advice except for a brand new sales manager. For a brand new sales manager, the awesome. best thing the best thing that a brand new sales manager can do if, if you're brand new and you're starting in 2016 is go get in the car or sit next to your salespeople. If you're in inside sales, spend all of your time sitting side by side with your salespeople. If you're in outside sales, spend all of your time in the car with your salespeople, going on calls, spending the, spending the days with them. Get out of your office, get away from the dashboard, get away from the reports. All that stuff you can do, do it on the weekends, do it at night, but during the daytime, hang out with your salespeople and ask questions and mostly keep your mouth shut. And, and I promise you, in 90 days, you will advance past most of the sales managers who are sitting around the office doing reports, trying to figure out a plan. You'll know more about what's going on in your world, and you'll have a better understanding of your salespeople. You'll have gained more respect and more loyalty, and you'll move the needle way faster in 2016 than anybody else out there. Perfect. All right, here's a tough question for you. What's the most important thing that you are working on to improve in 2016? Time management. No, actually, let me take that back. Saying no. Uh, <laughs> well, two, two, have, two halves of the same coin, right? Pretty much. Um, but, you know, my, my main focus in 2016 is, and this is you know, a scary thing, it's, it's charging more for what I do. Um, and saying and, and learning how to say no more often. Um, you know, la last year, well, in 2015, you know, uh, a, a little more than 200, and like I think 271 days on the road, and which is doing everything that I love. But um, but we're, the goal this year is to is to increase revenue and get a few less days on the road. And some of that means, and this is me because I just I, I'm a coach. I love to coach. I say yes to just about everything. And we've got to, to learn how to say no a little bit more. And I don't know exactly how I'm going to do that, but because I, I, I don't, I'm not sure I've, I've got that mindset yet. <laughs> so I'm, I'm surrounding myself with some really, really good people that know how to say no for me. Yeah, and also raise your rates and some of those no's will just go away. That's exactly right. All right, <laughs> last question. What's the next book you're going to read? The next book I'm going to read? That is a great question. Um, I, you know, I, I can't tell you the next one, but I can tell you the one I'm reading right now that I just love. And it's a book um, called uh, Audience. And it's just fan, it's fantastic. Um, and I'll, um, I'll tell you, it's, it's Audience in the Age of uh, Marketing. It's by uh, Jeffrey Roars. Fantastic book. And I think the, the, probably the next book I'm going to read is Sales Presentations from Dummies by Julie Hansen. Okay. Uh, fantastic book and I mean I'm just looking I'm going down um, my the books that are in my queue um, stupid on purpose um, I, I don't know why I bought that book but again I spend five thousand dollars a year minimum on books so sometimes I just see books and like the title um, and uh, and 15 secret successful people know that by Kevin Cruz mm -hmm. um, I've got link to influence uh, five minds for the future which I can't wait to read that book and um, the other book that is, if you talk about sales managers, that I, I'm, I'm just, I wrote the foreword for the book, but I'm going to start reading that again this quarter is um, Sales Management Simplified by uh, Mike Weinberg. Fantastic book. Um, 
I've got yeah. another one here called The Science of Fear by Daniel Gardner. So, <laughs> I, you know, I've, I've got a problem with the audience. Um, it's uh, um, by Jeffrey Roars. If you're in marketing, you're in sales management, even if, if you're a sales rep, this book is so good that if, if I were you, I would pick it up and I would read it. Um, right after you read my new book, Fanatical Prospecting, of course. Of course. Get your priorities straight. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a great recommendation. Excellent. Well, Jeb, I appreciate it as always for you joining me on the show. Yeah, lots of great information that was uh, were given to people today for sure. And for everybody listening, you know, it's really important to remember that you need to vote part of every day to deliberately learn something new. And those who listen to the show know I, I say this after every episode. So it's not just about what we said talked about today. Devote part of every day to deliberately learn something new to accelerate your success. You know, you could subscribe to this podcast. It's a great way to do it. Lots of conversations you don't want to miss with experts like our guest today, Jeb Blunt, who share their expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining us. And until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com.